0: The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 184 for December 5th, 2009. Verizon and AT&T now on a customer service battle, a projector in your phone, and how to get your pre to sync again. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Koppis. Brought to you by Netflix and supported by listeners like you, subscribers to The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked, more information at thecellphonejunkie.com. This show is also supported by the Cell Phone Junkie podcast application for the iPhone and iPod Touch, now available in the iTunes store for $1.99. Well, first it was Barack Obama, and now it's Germany. Germany's stating that they are not going to be letting any of their government VIPs to use Blackberries from the area mobile website out of Germany. They said that the Bavarian government is going to be restricting the use of Blackberries because they don't like the fact that all the data that the Blackberry is transmitting is going through servers that are based in Canada. Apparently, they're a little concerned that the data could be subsequently stolen or used uh, if got uh, went and gone into the wrong hands. So I don't know, Joey. I I don't know that uh, there's not much you can do about that. I mean, if you're using a a service like a blackberry i guess that's a you know a reason to go with another type of device
1: yeah they claim that the uh you know all the traffic's encrypted but i mean any encryption can be broken at some level depending on how much uh, brute force can put against it so yeah i mean their their concerns are um founded because it is being sent to canada you know different country and it's you know you can't really trust it if the data is out of your hands
0: yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of, uh, you know, l- a lot of basis behind the fact that they're a very secure type of service. I mean, most of the US government that uses uh, a-, a handheld device for email purposes are using Blackberries. Uh, many, you know, law enforcement agencies and-, and those types of places are using it. So it's not like we're saying that it's insecure by any means, but there's something to be said for just having data, you know, go directly from your server through your wireless network to your device. And that's how it works on Windows Mobile, uh, Palm iphones uh Nokia devices, all sorts of these other devices that you know connect through to with some sort of other type of protocol like ActiveSync or something like that. Um, but other than that, uh, obviously you're you know you're, you're going to make your decision here, and it's not necessarily a, a bad thing to go with a BlackBerry. It's just you know something to keep in mind. and Germany has made the decision to take its government from using BlackBerry devices. Well, the Federal Communications Commission has recently approved a plan that would allow the agency, in concert with the private sector, to catalog all of the nation's available white space spectrum. White space spectrum is the unused spectrum that exists between the television channels, and the FCC will catalog what is free in each available market and create a database storing this information. Television channels will have the opportunity to register their spectrum and location to let white space devices know their frequencies aren't available. All white space spectrum devices will need to be equipped with geolocation equipment and will need to be able to access the database before they can even use white space spectrum in any given area. A very interesting way of doing it, obviously, you know, we're talking about a finite resource here in spectrum and cell phones have, you know, historically used very small chunks of it. And, and it's a it's a story because as we continue to grow and continue to have the need to use a lot more spectrum for the high data bandwidths that we're looking for, they're looking for different places to get it. And it's not to say that this particular spectrum that they're going to be cataloging would be used by cell phones. But it's, you know, it's something that could be, you know, sold out to different, you know, let's just say commercial applications, or maybe some sort of industrial use, uh, you know, and especially if you can find sections that are available in many parts of the country, it could be used nationwide in some cases, too. So I found it kind of interesting. And I, I love talking about spectrum. I think it's fun.
1: Yeah, it's very interesting, of course, with the device being, you know, having a geo-based locator, so basically some sort of GPS or maybe even a, you know, Wi-Fi or a cell phone tower, uh, you know, locator, it, it that puts an interesting spin on it, because the devices that can use it uh, get a little bit more limited. Obviously, your cell phone has that uh, capability in it, so that does kind of lead me to believe maybe that will be an option, but uh, we'll just have to see where that goes, because then I don't, I, don't, I don't know how that, you know, can be handled with the carriers and... and particular markets so it's kind of interesting uh, thing to to free up some space um, yeah in, in between the, the the tv channels
0: yeah if you look at how much you know how much is used by the tv channels it's it's an it's a huge amount in relation to everything else i mean they're using uh you know if you look at the vhf bands you know that's your channels what two through 13 and then everything uh, above that 14 through i don't know 80 something maybe 90 something is what's you know well, yeah and that's and that was all chopped
1: down uh, the recent uh, spectrum uh, 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 why we switched to digital TV they chopped all uh, quite a few of those upper UHFs mm-hmm. off
0: yeah well and that was you know that was kind of the idea is that there was there' was a I mean huge huge chunks of yeah. spectrum i mean if you if you look at what's being used by all the cell phones in the country I mean it's it's literally spectrum that's maybe what uh, you know 150, 200 megahertz of spectrum. I mean total when you add up all the 850 spectrum and all the 1900 I mean it's it's not all that much um it's in, in fact it's not even that much it's maybe closer to 100 and then take into account what's going on with the TV channels or what they were using I mean it was hundreds and hundreds of megahertz just for you know for channels that really weren't all that exciting and not, not a lot of viewing of them and everything. Uh, if you look at, say, police type radios, they're using uh, frequencies or spectrum that is very, very limited. And so they're just kind of doing different things here to try and to, you know, free some of this stuff up. There's, a, like I said, a finite amount that can be used. And as our, you know, metro, metropolitan areas are growing here and we've got cities that have a lot more people in them, uh, there's the need to have more of it. So very, very interesting stuff here from the FCC. Well, AT&T has launched a new service that will transcribe voicemails to text and then deliver them to the user's handset via text message, email, or both. Users can respond to or forward voicemails via text, email, or voice and can also store the voicemails for an indefinite period of time. The service is being provided by Nuance and costs $10.00. Per month, Joey, this was something we talked about. I think a a listener had a question about it a few weeks ago as to when the iPhone was going to be getting this capability. And I I don't know for sure that Nuance is going to be supporting that with this new service. Uh, And granted, it's $10 a month. uh, But it would be nice for those that are looking to, you know, somehow catalog uh, their voice messages that this would this would be an option for them. I I don't know, I'm not going to you know, spend the money on this, I don't find it to be, uh, you know, worth worth the cost. But you know, if you're someone who does and and maybe uses their voicemail for things like, you know, billing clients or something like that, or or whatever it is, this, this could be something good to have.
1: Yeah, it could be uh, the price. Yeah, the price to me is, it seems way too high, especially when services like that come out with Google Voice. And, and of course, the accuracy of some of these, uh, I I wonder uh, how how much that can be worth the $10 per month. But yeah, there's definitely a, a niche market for something like that.
0: Yeah, well, and that's a great point. And Google Voice, obviously, you can get it for free. So I don't know, maybe that's just, uh, you know, something that for those that aren't, you know, willing to make that move and jump to a virtual service like that, this could fill that need. Well, AT&T and Verizon at opposite ends of a Consumer Reports survey. Uh, Coming out this week, AT&T Mobility ranking lowest in wireless customer satisfaction in 19 of 26 cities surveyed by Consumer Reports. This, of course, marks a big blow to the carrier's image. Uh, Further, the Verizon Wireless Network was ranked highest in every single one of the 26 markets that were surveyed. By Consumer Reports, respondents said that AT and T service in New York and San Francisco specifically uh, had uh, had very, very poor uh, results. The publication had surveyed 50,000 readers in these 26 cities. Now they went as far as to take a look at the devices that people were using too, and said that the Apple iPhone is the top smartphone in the ratings, and it's among the best of all the phones that are tested. Uh, but unfortunately, at and being the exclusive provider of the iPhone here in the U.S., uh, said that uh, you know, basic the the phone itself was good, but the network wasn't good, so it kind of you know, leveled out that playing field you know a little bit. So, uh, but Joey, this this definitely bears some conversation because AT&T, you know, over the course of the last, you know, two and a half years here has really got themselves, you know, a big, big win. And they've got a lot of subscribers by getting this iPhone uh, in their response to when people were asking, you know, what, you know, what was their response to this survey that just came out they said that the surest indication of customer satisfaction is churn and for the last quarter their postpaid churn was just 1.17% which of course we is pretty low but that you know that doesn't necessarily mean that it's that we've got all these satisfied subscribers it's just that you know they've got some great devices out there and they've done a really good job of doing that
1: yep i mean it's kind of like you mickey i mean if you you like your iphone for the iphone and you do kind of put up with the uh limited network because i would imagine if you didn't have your uh work phone available on Verizon you would probably be a little less uh happy with your you know with your setup as far as what you're doing because you just can't quite rely on uh, AT&T from the experience that uh you've had
0: no absolutely not i mean it it's a it's a good network uh in many places but it's not a great network In a lot of places. So I would, I would definitely say that if I did not have the Verizon device, the phone that I do, I I would probably be, um, you know, not have this iPhone. In fact, that's a whole nother story. Anyway, but what I wanted to say was, uh, talk about was you had mentioned that I I know you're a Howard Stern fan, and they've got a a very interesting kind of extended conversation that keeps going. And I know it goes back to when Howard made the jump. He went from a a trio, I think, up to the BlackBerry, I think, right? Yep. Yep,
1: he did. He changed over, uh, and and he was having a lot of problems with his uh, his BlackBerry Bold. And he's talked about this over over quite a few months now. And uh, just I think this was like two or three days ago. He was mentioning um, th- he was mentioning the cell phones again. And uh, uh, Robin on there had said that uh, she was having a, a phone call on her Bold, and it was just terrible. And the call eventually dropped. And then she called back on her tour as well. And uh, said the call, you know, the caller said, oh, you sound so much better now. And the call, you know, was just fine without dropping. And, and Howard had chimed in saying, yes, the, the Verizon network is just, just infinitely better than AT&T.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's obviously in the, you know, the user is going to be the one who's really going to be able to make that decision on what's best for them. And, you know, we talk about it a lot, how one network is not the right, you know, one for everybody. But, you know, when you see surveys like this come out, Consumer Reports, a very reputable source, especially for, I mean, this is what they do. They do surveys and they talk to consumers about what they like and what they don't like. And over 50,000 people in 26 major cities to see that the worst carrier in uh, 19 of those cities was AT&T is a pretty telling thing. So if you're getting ready to to purchase yourself an AT&T phone, you may want to check, and find out that that uh, you know that phone works for you uh, in the areas that you 're going to need to because uh, in many people 's eyes it may not now personally I have uh, obviously. Uh, an AT and T line. I use an iPhone, and in most cases, it works okay. You know, I've got a, a commute that's got a very strong AT and T signal. I love to use the device. You know, obviously for, not only for phone calls, but I also do different things with data streaming. I, I you know, I'm, I'm, you know, not shy about talking how great I think, uh, you know, some of the online streaming things are, such as Slack or Radio, and and I use that, and and I think it works very very well. That being said, at my office, I've got a basically a, a a micro cell there that allows me to or a femto cell that allows me to, you know, give myself additional signal strength, because if I didn't have that, I would have, you know, big problems with it. So to have that, you know, some of these things that I'm experiencing, and that we talk about validated here, you know, through this survey, I think was a a very good thing to see. And uh, not, not to say again, that AT&T is bad, just keep it in mind that it's, you know, there's a lot of people out there that kind of feel that it's, it's not a, you know, a fantastic network. So uh, that being said, I mean, you could say the same thing about if you really wanted 3G service and you decided to go to T-Mobile, uh, you would, you know, have issues with that because it's only in, you know, a certain number of cities. But, uh, uh yeah, it's kind of a – it was a good report here. I'm going to post a link, of course, as I do with everything here in the show notes so you can – if you want to read more about it, it came from All Things D, which is the Wall Street Journal's uh, technology blog. So you can check that one out in the show notes. Well, in an interesting turn of events this week, AT&T and Verizon – have said that they will both be dropping separate pieces of litigation that they had between each other. AT&T is dropping its lawsuit against Verizon Wireless that it had filed in Georgia over the map for that ad campaign. The uh, campaign compared AT&T and Verizon's 3G coverage maps in television commercials and print advertisements. AT&T said the ads were misleading, though a judge ruled that they were sneaky but not misleading. In response, Verizon has dropped its lawsuit it filed against AT&T this last July, seeking to declare Verizon's uh, most dependable network claims in fact true. AT&T had objected to that lawsuit at, with one of its own at the same time. All the lawsuits between the two companies have since been dropped. Well, a number that we didn't necessarily know but kind of speculated about came out this week, and that was that Verizon had poured over $100 million into their marketing campaign with Motorola for the Droid phone. This is obviously Verizon's uh, flagship device that they're really trying to tout right now, and it looks like the efforts are paying off. It looks like they're going to hit 1 million Droid sales by the end of the year, according to an analyst. This is from RBC Capital analyst Mark Su, writing that uh, during his research, it looks like as of the beginning of November, they've sold between 700,000 and 800,000 units, and so they should hit that million uh, device mark by the end of the year. It's a great, great uh you know, win for Verizon as they're looking, you know, forward to a lot of uh, growth here. Hopefully, with the Android platform, the Droid and the Droid Iris uh, have really done a, a great job, or they've done a great job in getting these devices in the forefront of people's minds as they're thinking about devices that not only are you know cutting edge and have some of the best features, but go head to head in the with the iPhone in, in many different cases here. So, kind of talking back to a little bit earlier with the you know the consumers' view of AT and T versus Verizon. Obviously, I think you know Verizon's push. Year has really done a, a real good job here. And obviously, I've seen those advertisements, you know, almost daily from Verizon. So I, I know I've got the Droid top of mind.
1: Yeah, and if and if a carrier or a manufacturer wants to sell a device, you really do have to market it. I mean, you can't just sit back and let it sell itself right now because there is a, a lot of competition from the iPhone and Apple's marketing uh, for that.
0: Yeah, and you know, obviously, many, uh, many people have really enjoyed, you know, the use of, of Android here. And, and it's not even really about... Android in many of their minds. It's about a device that does the same things or many of the same things as the iPhone. You know, and a lot of it, it's like, well, I can get apps. I, I just had someone uh, that I know switch from a T-Mobile BlackBerry over to the MyTouch 3G, which is, of course, basically the, uh, you know, the, the newest version of uh, Android on the T-Mobile network. And they've got, uh, you know, they, they're really, really excited about it because they're like, oh, look at all these applications and stuff. It's like the iPhone. I'm like, yeah, no, it's great, right? <laughs> you know, you can do all these different things. So, uh, you know, it's fun to see when people, you know, get excited about it. And, you know, they think about it as Droid and not necessarily Android, but whatever. Uh, it You know, it's it still can, you know, make sense. And I think, you know, most people are, are are happy with the fact that they've got a device that can do all these great things on a network that works for them.
1: Yep, and that's, of course, the, you know, that's why, Mark uh, you know, the marketing of Verizon decided let's call this thing Droid, and that was a great idea to to brand, you know, sub-brand out Android devices uh, with Droid, so that was a, a great uh, path for them to take because there are going to be many, many devices uh, running Android in different
0: form factors. Yeah, very, very smart on both Verizon and Motorola's part. Well, Sprint this week says that they will cease offering push-to-talk-based phones using the Qualcomm QChat technology. QChat introduced back in 2008 as an EVDO Rev-A-based alternative to the iDen technology push-to-talk services that had been uh, known on Nextel for so long. Sprint sold several models that were uh, QChat-enabled, but will no longer offer them. Sprint Nextel's iDen network technology has recently improved, said uh, a representative from Sprint, and Sprint will market its push-to-talk services going into the future as iden only Joey, I don't know. I I mean, obviously, you know, three years ago, we started talking about how Nextel had to phase out their network because of the way that it was set up. And it was causing problems for, you know, EMS systems and whatnot. And they keep pushing it off and pushing it off. And now they're basically forcing everybody who wants push to talk services onto the Nextel network. And I don't I don't know that I necessarily agree with that decision. I don't I don't think it's gonna really be good in the long run for anyone who's looking to use those types of services. Uh, yeah, I am not sure. I don't know what's happened here. I don't know if they've moved
1: the nextel, uh, you know, frequency spectrums away or if they've moved the the public safety. Uh, stuff away from from nextel, maybe they figure it was cheaper to do that. maybe just the the new digital systems that have kind of taken over a lot of the markets for the you know police and fire and the you know the major uh metro systems they've they've now implemented you know that would take care of a lot of the interference issues, so maybe it 's a non issue anymore I, I i really don't know what's happened with this, but uh it is pretty bizarre, considering that nextel was just supposed to be gone uh by this point almost
0: mhm yeah and unfortunately i mean that's you know, it, it's it's so popular with, with many different types of services and that, you know, it's it's hard to replace it. I mean, it, it truly is, you know, a very, very good rock solid technology.
1: Yeah, and I never got to CQ chat, but I could almost guarantee that, it you know, it had way more latency than mm-hmm. I did for the uh, push to talk. I'm almost positive of it and, and uh, you know, bizarre service that they were trying to do. And I, I, I know Verizon had it too, but I don't know if they still even have it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've got I've got a couple of phones that have the push to talk services from all, various different providers. I mean, it seemed like everybody, you know, every feature phone that you bought there for a while had some sort of capability, at least for it. And In fact, I remember the the BlackBerry Pearl that I have, that actually had one of the hotkey buttons mapped to the push to talk services. So you're, I was constantly pushing this button before I finally changed it to something else that was launching the push to talk menus. And I was like, I, I don't want to do this. I don't I don't have the service. I don't know anybody that's using it. And you know, whatever. So the the carriers were trying to, you know, get those get people to sign up for an additional it was, I think, 10 bucks a month, typically is what it was to, you know, to chat over that. Now, that being said, again, you know, you've there's there are a lot of people who are, you know, are big fans of the technology, mostly businesses and industrial uses and those types of things. But, you know, consumers do a little bit to to a certain extent.
1: Yep. And they still uh, Verizon does have their push to talk uh, capable phones still. So uh, I guess they're still selling them.
0: I guess they are well very interesting. I don't know uh, many people using those types of, you know, services anymore, but whatever. Nonetheless, it's it's uh, certainly got its place. Well, Clearwire said that it is adding the greater Seattle metro area to its WiMAX footprint, now covering over 30 million people across the US. The Seattle coverage area reaches from Tacoma to Bellingham and from the Puget Sound to Not even going to try and pronounce this next city, but it's blanketing approximately 2,000 square miles of the region. YMAX services will be sold by both Clearwire and Sprint. They also launched the YMAX services in Honolulu and Maui, Hawaii. According to Clearwire, it now covers 27 major U.S. cities, and they have expanded their brick-and-mortar retail presence across many of the markets that it already serves. So great news for Clearwire for another two cities that they're launching here this week. Well, if you think you've got a good plan, wait till you hear this one. There's a $2.50 plan that's floating around out there called the Free and Clear 1000. It's for Sprint customers and they're about to lose it. Apparently, according to the consumerist, that Sprint has sent out a letter to customers that had this plan stating that their records show it show that they had it and that they are no longer going to be offering it to new customers and will in fact be implementing an increase in the monthly charge for the existing customers that are on this plan. If They say if you elect to remain on the plan that affects the 19th of January, 2010, the monthly recurring charge will increase from $2.50 to get this $80 per month. All other aspects of the plan will remain the same. You, you can continue to enjoy, they say enjoy, uh, the exceptional service and convenient features including that 1,000 uh, anytime minute plan uh, with overages of 15 cents per minute if you go over that, which includes nationwide long distance, uh, caller ID, and unlimited SMS messaging. Uh, obviously, this was uh, a plan that was put in place to help to, I guess, spur you know test accounts and whatnot. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're obviously in, at this point in time looking to increase that. So uh, very interesting, though, that they're uh, going to be doing that. If you're someone that's on this plan, we'd love to hear from you and let us know what you think about it. But uh, unfortunately, that's just something, you know, you can't hang on to for much longer. Uh, I kind of wonder how long it's going to be before they do that with the zero plans that are floating out there right now. Those are some other really, really good plans. From Sprint. Uh, Finally, from Sprint, they are responding to a customer data and law enforcement uh, story that came out and issuing a statement in response to reports criticizing them for handing over customer GPS data to law enforcement. Sprint says that the 8 million figure represents the total number of times its network was pinged for GPS data. The millions of bits of data, however, represent information from only a few thousand customer accounts. A single investigation can account for thousands of pings of the network, and a Sprint spokesperson also noted that law enforcement and other government agencies only request information such as uh, th- that for missing persons cases, uh, genuine emergencies, criminal investigations, or or instances when a customer consents to sharing this information. Sprint spokesperson Matt Sullivan said that, quote, In all cases, we require a valid legal request approximate for the circumstances, meaning the request must be accompanied by either a subpoena, court order, or customer consent. Sprint is not alone in this practice. All the wireless carriers are sharing customer information with law enforcement agencies uh, when it is the need is mandated. Uh, interesting information there. If you thought your data was secure and that GPS stuff that you were giving out uh, from the the device it is in fact not well thank you to our first sponsor netflix help support the cell phone junkie by signing up for a two-week free trial Planned starting at $4.99 per month with over 100,000 titles to choose from keep each movie as long as you want there's no late fees ever free shipping both ways free delivery in about one business day cancel anytime and as a bonus to your dvds you can watch some of the movies over the internet for no additional charge joey and i appreciate your support of the show by signing up for a free trial of Netflix. Well, my movie this week uh, that I'm going to talk about is Role Models. And I, I have to mention this one. And it's, you know, most of the time, it's just a movie. But this one, if you're looking for a good comedy, Role Models is, is definitely fun. I, I, I started watching it. And I thought, boy, this one's going to be pretty stupid. But it, it, it actually it kind of, you know, hit a chord with me. And I really enjoyed it. I'm not going to give the movie away because it's, it's silly, but it's funny. And it's kind of a no brain comedy. And I kind of like that every once in a while. I think I watched it, um, I don't know, it was like a Tuesday night or something that I was watching it, but it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and, it, and just a great movie from Netflix. Uh, you know, this is one that if I'm ever looking for a good comedy, I'll be pulling this one up to get it again.
1: Hey, cool. I've got, uh, you know, actually I've been watching a little bit of Old Sopranos. Just got a couple of those DVDs in because, you know, you can rewatch these things without having to buy the sets, you know, that were, and at the time, the Sopranos sets were very expensive. So it's great to be able to just say, oh, you know what? I want to just see some Sopranos.
0: Yeah, the move, I think, and in, in my mind is really starting to move this way incredibly fast. That's, you know, getting away from actually having, uh, you know, a collection of DVDs. And now it's more just, I, I only want to watch, you know, one thing at a time. I don't need to have that many choices. You know, and that's exactly it. As long as you just get over that, that you know,
1: on the demand, you know, the, the absolute push for, uh, uh, you know, going to the rental store, you know, wanting to see something that moment, Uh, You know, that's the only hurdle that some people still have trouble with. I I mean, I don't have that issue at all. And you can really bypass that if you have uh, more than one DVD at a time subscription. So um, yeah, for me, I have not, I've bought one DVD that Netflix did not have available in the past, like three years. That's the only DVD I've purchased. So uh, I do have a collection of DVDs that I've, you know, kind of had from a long time ago. But since uh, Netflix, there's just, there's no reason to have it on hand. Because not only do new editions come out constantly, it seems uh, that you want to then update your collection with the newest version there 's just no reason to have them
0: mm-hmm. yeah you know and i'm i 'm honestly trying to you know trying to justify to myself why I still uh, look to buy music too, because you know as these services like Slacker and Pandora are becoming you know more and more uh, available basically on the go and on devices uh, many more devices now than than ever before you've got uh, you 've got really. I think little reason to be able to, you know, to need to buy music anymore too. But I still, I still have a little bit of a hurdle in my mind. I I, I like to own those tracks, you know?
1: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And I, you know, Mickey, I do uh, buy, you know, albums and, and tracks from uh, amazon.com because they sell them for pretty cheap. They sell good quality MP3s. I don't get a lot and, and I've never really bought that much music. And then, um, you know, but I have a subscription with Sirius. So with those two things, mm-hmm. I, I, have not bought CDs basically in a few years for sure.
0: Yeah. Th- I think that's what, that's what pushed me, you know, over, uh, to, to being able to not buy as much as I, I had a, an XM account for a long time and it, and it really kind of got me to the point where I could, I, I, I liked listening to the radio because it didn't have commercials, you know, and that was, that was a great thing. Um, I, I just, the on-demand nature, I keep going back to slacker. I, I just love it. The on-demand nature, I was driving today and, um, I like uh, I like a lot of different types of hard rock. And so I was listening to Linkin Park, and then I said, you know what, I want to listen to some, you know, and, and I heard a Nickelback song. And I said, you know what, I want to listen to to songs that are more like Nickelback. So I, I searched for Nickelback on the phone. Boom, it gives me a list of, of songs that are Nickelback and, and the like. And then I went from there to, I'm like, I could really use a little bit of Flogging Molly right now. <laughs> and so I've been flogging, you know. <laughs> and and then it just it brought me up a bunch of, you know, kind of, I don't know, rockish irish type music is i mean it's fun It's been, you know to be able to do that and i don't have all that stuff you know loaded into my iphone all the time you know when i'm on the go so that makes it real easy now of course the downside you don't have access to it and uh you know that's uh, I,
1: you know it's just an unfortunate
0: side effect, I guess.
1: Yep it, it's it, it's another it's a trade off. I mean it really is. But uh, yeah, someday Mickey, I'll have to get I'll have to try that stuff out. I just I just don't have time, uh, really, because I just listen to the 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 series right now. But I suppose if I tire with that, that'll be my next frontier.
0: Well, and going back off of our tangent, the the sponsor being Netflix, of course. Uh, they're very uh, they're very good about you know if you've got a, a computer uh, you can obviously stream the content to a computer if you've got a, a net uh, network connected uh, device such as a, a desktop or even a, a laptop or whatever to your TV you can stream you know content through there you can also of course buy services or uh, products like the Roku that allow you to stream the service directly to that hardware it's uh, there's a lot of different options net, uh, Xbox 360 does it right now. The rumor is that uh, the Wii is going to be getting this thing very soon. I think that's that's pretty crazy. So you're, there's a, there's a lot of ways that you can watch the the streaming content from Netflix. So um, I'm trying to remember where it was that uh, someone was telling me about Netflix that they are the number one. Uh, customer of the u.s postal service at this point i guess there was a, a something it may have been that wasn't dateline but it was it was some special that was on last week or something and i'll have to see if i can find it but what they were saying is that they spend like an like 300 million dollars or something a year on postage i mean it's just an astronomical number
1: boy that's amazing to think considering how many uh, catalogs and other sort of uh, uh subscription-based things are out there like that you would think that those would blow netflix away
0: yeah, well, I mean, you look at how fast they go and how many. That's true. You know, it's. I guess there's some interesting things. I, I didn't. I haven't seen it, so I'm only going off the the information the person told me. But I guess there was a there was a time or he had a, he had a, a a DVD and on the sleeve he wrote something like his name or something like that, and he he put it in the envelope and sent it back. And then when he was at the sorting facility and just kind of watching everything, and he said, "Well, how you know how tight of controls do you have?" or something like that. And they said, well, we, we know where every DVD is, you know, at all times. And he said, okay, well, I sent mine back. It was, you know, here, here's my account or something like that. And within uh, like a minute or two minutes or something like that, they had found his exact DVD in the envelope that he had wrote on because, you know, the whole the scanning system that goes through and, you know, figures out where each you know, movie is and then it sorts it and does this whole thing. I mean, it's just fantastic. Let me just put it this way. I've had this service for what, probably six months now, Joey, I know you've had it for probably over a year. I have never had them fail on getting a movie to me. I mean, basically, immediately, unless, of course, they've said that it's back ordered. but I'll, I'll know that, you know, I mean, that's something that you can, uh, you can check and, and see on the website. But, you know, as soon as they say that we've received it, it's like one goes out. Uh, the next day and you've got it the day after that I mean it's it's instantaneous and, and it's it's amazing they they do such a good job with it and I, I just love hang, having them as a sponsor so thanks again to Netflix for being a great sponsor of the show and thanks for everybody who has signed up for a free trial and helping us out by doing so on to some device news here first off well, an analyst here is stating that we may not be looking for a Verizon iPhone to be coming sometime next year, as many are anticipating, but instead, it could potentially be from T-Mobile. Of course, Apple looking to move away from the exclusivity that they have from AT&T, and he's stating that T-Mobile is would achieve this in the U.S. for Apple if they were looking to move to another carrier that uses the HSPA protocols. Now, uh, Douglas Reed, who's the analyst, um, is basically stating you know, something that I think is kind of like a statement of the obvious here. And that's that, you know, you could move on to another provider that's using the same technology. But Joey, it's not really that easy. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into, you know, making a change like this. There's a reason that you can't just buy any phone out there that works on AT&T or T-Mobile. There's some pretty, there's some pretty significant things that have to be changed.
1: Well yeah I mean you've got the 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 antennas and the uh you know the 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 chips that run the the baseband radios I mean they're different frequencies it's not just a matter of popping in the SIM card you know for uh T-Mobile
0: yeah and and that's I think the biggest issue is if you know if they're going to make a change to move to another GSM carrier HSPA carrier it I mean it could certainly be T-Mobile because that's the only one here in the US but it doesn't mean that they could easily just you know pull this out uh you know and and you know unlock it and it just moves over like it has been in so many other countries you know Canada and the UK both have multiple carriers now and and that's great for them but it's not going to be that easy here so I don't necessarily know uh, who, who it's going to be. I mean, we can speculate here. I, I heard another one this week. Someone said it could be Sprint. You know, you know the, the carrier just kind of like sitting over there in the corner. You know, let's, uh, you know Sprint could be the, the next iPhone, you know, the carrier that gets an iPhone. I, I don't think that's the case. Um, so I don't know, Joey. We should, we should make our predictions here. Who is going <laughs> to be the carrier that gets the iPhone after the exclusivity runs out? I'm going with Cincinnati Bell. Metro PCS. Metro PCS and Cincinnati Bell. yeah There you go. Oh boy. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) so we'll see what happens here with the iPhone moving forward. Also, uh, a testing could be being done currently for the next generation of an iPhone. This is. uh, I know Joey's rolling his eyes here, a statement of the obvious, pinch media indicating that a device noted as the, quote, iPhone 3,1, which is an identification string that does not correspond with any shipping iPhone model. Uh, Just for information, the iPhone 3GS carries the identification string of iPhone 2,1, and first uh, surfaced in field tests that were happening in October of 2008. Eight months before the commercial release of the device, so Joey, I don't know. What do you think? Three, comma one is that the next device of the iPhone? Could they be testing it out already? Uh, of course they are. I mean, the
1: thing's <laughs> what only six mark, uh, six months away from market, right? Of course they're gonna be testing it. Come yeah. on, come on, they're out there. Who knows what it'll be? I, you know, I, I really think this this report is uh, incomplete though because they did not say it the source of the IP. Um, and you could gather a lot of information from that based on whether or not it was using a, a Wi-Fi hotspot somewhere, or it was using a carrier's network. And if it was, you could see if it was using Verizon
0: or AT and T. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's or a Metro w- PCS or Cincinnati Bell. I That's mean, right. You just never know. <laughs> i you know i think that you know the the speculation around what's going to happen here after an exclusivity runs out which we still don't really know if that's the, the case we're just we're really speculating that that's what's going to happen once that happens though i i think we're going to see ourselves you know in the, in the middle of an all-out war on who's going to end up ultimately getting this but uh obviously yeah they're they're testing it right now that that's no real news but the 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 real news would be if this particular story had the carrier in which it was coming from. So anyway, but uh, more on that later when we know more. An interesting announcement from AT&T and LG this week, a new device they're calling the Expo, a sideways slider featuring a removable Texas Instruments DLP. Pico projector. The Expo has a 1 gigahertz processor on board and can connect to the AT&T 7.2 megabits per second HSDPA network where available. The Expo has a full QWERTY keyboard, 3.2 inch touch display, 5 megapixel camera, and a slot for micro SD cards up to 16 gigs. also has a fingerprint sensor for securing the device against unauthorized use. The sensor also doubles as a navigation control for the Expo. It runs Windows Mobile 6.5. The Pico projector weighs 1.8 ounces and can project pictures video or other content up to 8 feet it will be available starting on the 7th of December to AT&T's enterprise customers for $200 after mail-in rebate and new contract so Joey what do you think Are you going to be uh picking yourself up the expo so you can do PowerPoint presentations on the go
1: no but i don't even know how you'd load uh, PowerPoint on your phone but it's a a bizarre combination of devices i i i, I guess it would be kind of cool to run your sling player if you could on there and uh plop it up on the on the wall i guess uh, I, i'm not sure really what you would want to
0: do with this but it's fascinating definitely different well uh, maybe uh, maybe we'll see some demos of it here in the in the near future it doesn't mention battery life i would i, I
1: can't imagine it runs more than 20 some minutes on a battery but uh, <laughs> i really i really don't know
0: yeah, well anyway, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of different uh, business function functionality will be touted when this one eventually comes out because it certainly does seem to appeal to a very specific customer. Windows fans take note Verizon Wireless selling the latest Samsung Omnia 2 for the busy Christmas shopping season. Verizon second Windows Mobile 6.5 device has got a 5-megapixel camera, 8 gigabytes of internal memory expandable via microSD card, plus standard features such as Wi-Fi, stereo Bluetooth, and E-Video Rev-A. The Omnia 2 lacks the global roaming functionality of the Imagio, but it's got a 3.7-inch WVGA AMO LED display, and you can pick it up for $200 on a two-year contract. TerraStar, the company that we're looking to see the first uh, hybrid devices that take advantage of both satellite and GSM networks, may see its first device very soon. TerraStar's hybrid Genus cellular phone is, uh, was talked about earlier this year in an announcement and it has been approved for use in the U.S. by the FCC. The Genus runs Windows Mobile, and the FCC confirms it's got a quad band GSM and Edge radio with dual band H- uh, HSPA 3G radios on it. It had uh, supposedly had a 2.6-inch touchscreen display, a QWERTY keyboard, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, GPS, uh, but those features were not confirmed in the FCC filing. AT&T and Terrastar announced the hybrid satellite cell phone partnership this past September. The service will provide normal cellular access when users are covered by AT&T's cellular network and can seamlessly switch to the satellite network for coverage in remote areas of the U.S., as well as Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands. The service is not going to be available until the first quarter of 2000 2010, and the handset and its cost have not officially been announced. Well, Reuters is citing that Nokia is planning to release only one device in 2010 running its Linux-based MAMO platform. The source is said to have direct knowledge of Nokia's product roadmap, and Nokia has only recently released the MAMO-based N900. Nokia said that it will use MAMO for high-end devices in the future, though Nokia has said that it remains committed to the Symbian platform as well for its smartphone. So we'll end up uh, having to, you know, see what happens with this. Obviously not going to be able to report much on it. If we don't see any devices, I guess then that is a true statement. Well, more news in a moment, but first a word about another way you can support The Cell Phone Junkie. The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked is a bi-monthly premium podcast where Joey and I delve into some of the depths of the mobile phone industry. We also talk about all things that can give you your TCPJ fix. Sign up is easy. Just visit thecellphonejunkie.com. Click the link on the right for The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked. Then click on subscribe to premium content and follow the instructions to get signed up. Thanks to everyone who has already supported us by signing up. We definitely appreciate each subscription. Well, on to some software news here this week. Some official updates for uh, the BlackBerry Tour and the BlackBerry 8800 series. Uh, the Tour is receiving update 4.7.1.65, and the ninety, or excuse me, the 8800 is receiving 4.5.0.181. So check out the links that we have here. In the show notes that go directly to blackberry.com to get your updates. Well, Navigon submits some significant updates to its uh, application through the iPhone Application Store. Some of the goodies that come with the new update include enhanced pedestrian mode, features a new user interface that uses the digital compass uh, in the iPhone 3GS. Uh, The map now automatically moves with the user, making it easy to recognize in uh, which direction uh, the user is traveling. Also, Google Local Search users can easily find their way. new places an example is simply entering steak chicago provides a comprehensive list of steak restaurants in chicago Uh, by clicking on one of the search results users are guided to the destination and finally navigate by geographical coordinates navigate using the latitude or longitude and also email those coordinates to others the application update is available for free in the itunes store Next here, the Twit2Me uh, software for the Palm OS has seen a major update. This is apparently the best Twitter client for the Palm OS uh, on devices such as the Trio and the Central. It's version 1.3, and it's compatible with Palm OS Garnet 5.0 and above devices. It costs six ninety five dollars and comes with a free trial period. It's currently available on sale uh, at the Palm Info Center store, if you're interested, for $3.95 until the 15th of December. So Joey, I don't use a Palm OS uh, device. Obviously, you do. So uh, is this something that you're using to uh, make your Twitter updates? No,
1: it's not. I just uh, haven't gotten right. I don't make that many Twitter updates, uh, to be honest, Mickey. So I just use the uh, the, the web interface, the mobile web interface.
0: I see. Well, I uh, I think for those that are still hanging on to uh, one of the great uh, Palm Web OS, or oh, wow, that's a nice writing slip right there, isn't it? The Palm OS devices, uh, this is uh, something that you can take a look at. Uh, obviously, they've got some uh, you know some some good functionality built in there, uh, and a lot of stuff that you can do on many other devices through this application. So good news there. Uh, how can you sync your iTunes music with your Palm Pre? Well, we talked a little bit about it on Show 183 last week, and we gave some great suggestions on how you can do so. Uh, there's another one here that came to us from J.K. on the Run, talking about using a product called SyncToy. SyncToy apparently uses the uh, functionality that is already built into the uh, the Palm Pre to go through the process of synchronizing your pre with iTunes so uh, take a look at this one if you've got a Windows device or excuse me Windows machine and uh, you can do your synchronization so Joey I guess that's a that's a good way to do it too you know lots of different things that are out there uh, to make synchronization nice and easy to do
1: yep you just don't need to uh, rely on the the built-in uh, sync clients usually and for this kind of goes for a lot of things there's you know generic utilities like this so that'll allow you to sync devices up when you connect them
0: yeah and just a couple of limitations of course uh this is for windows machines only and it only synchronizes the audio files it doesn't do any playlists or any other features with it but you will get your music onto your device and so i guess that's the most important thing so good news uh for uh, for this uh, piece of software here and thanks to jk on the run for reporting it Well, the iPhone is getting video calling. However, it's through a third-party application, and it comes with restrictions. Uh, uh, Fring announced this week the newest version of its software for the iPhone that will support phone-to-phone video calling. Fring video calls are possible with other Fring and Skype users via Wi-Fi networks only, not by, via 3G. The video feature is enabled, er, excuse me, embedded in the Fring application, which already offers free voice calls from the iPhone. Since the iPhone's camera is located on the back of the device, though, there is no front-facing uh, user camera. So so it only offers one-way video calls uh, and Fring's video calling feature will work on iPhones running system software 3.0 and up. Well Motorola has made a software update for its Android-based click phone. The software update keeps Android at system 1.5 but impl- improves the Bluetooth, battery life, accelerometer performance and touchscreen accuracy. Well, if you're a Palm Pixie user, you're going to want to know about this next one. The WebOS 1.3.2 speed update is now available, so check your updates as you'll be getting this update pushed through the air to you, which will give you some much-needed speed on your Pixie. Well, Nokia held its Capital Market Days event this past week, uh, showing a chance for investors to get a glimpse in what's in store for them over the next 12 months. They made several key announcements, including its plans to improve the basic Nokia user experience, re-engineer its Symbian user interface, significantly increased the proportion of touch and or QWERTY devices in the smartphone portfolio, also delivering its first MAMO 6-powered mobile device in the second half of the year. Nokia also pledged to make it easier for developers to create applications for the Nokia devices on its Avi services. The CEO of Nokia said in 2010 they'll drive user experience improvements, and the progress we make will take the Symbian user interface to the next level. As an operating system, Symbian has reached and flexible and has reached the flexibility like no other platform. On to our questions and comments. First one is a comment uh, from the website wirelessadvisor.com from the post we put up last week about the show being posted. And uh, it's from Yankees368, and he says, One of the questions in the last show was about Sprint's roaming. I would just like to clear that up. Roaming is free, up to 50% of all minutes, I believe, and roaming is limited to 1x RTT on all of Verizon's CDMA network. However, roaming is EVDO on all of Altel's network. Uh, you also noted that there used to be a roam-only option on many of Sprint's phones. There, uh, through various hacks, this can be re-enabled on Windows Mobile devices and on the Pre. However, when you force roam, the PRL limits you to one xRTT even on Altel's network. Additionally, there are some areas that Sprint phones will use Sprint's one x network for voice and Altel's EVDO network for data at the same time. I'm not 100% sure of this one as I have not yet used it. I uh, hope this helps uh okay so here's a, a couple of things about this one uh very interesting to note that if you are roaming on the Verizon network, I guess i, I had heard this before, but i wasn't you know completely clear on it that you get all of uh all of the, the roaming that's done on verizon is one x r t t and joey your uh you, you know your experiences definitely substantiate this that when you're roaming and you get EVDO, it is on the alltel network so that's good to know
1: yeah, it really does seem that uh seem that way and another thing to point out, and yes uh data roaming is free. Um, and SMS roaming, uh, if you send and receive SMSs, that's included as well. Uh, minutes, it depends on your plan. Um, my plan, I have an ancient plan that's more than probably seven or eight years old now. Uh, I do get charged roaming minutes and roaming long distance. So it's cost me 70 or 80 cents per minute, uh, depending on where I call, where I'm roaming. And, um, uh, with newer plans like the fair and flexible, Cero uh, plans, for example, uh, roaming is included up to, yeah, some
0: sort of a uh, limit uh, around 50%. Yeah. And that's, I think 50% is what you can use for like up to three months or something. And then after exactly. you, you go over it after three months and they try and, I don't know, do something to you, make your phone melt or something. But anyway, <laughs> um, so it's good to know, uh, you know, your, your comments about how the the phone would use Sprint's 1x network for voice and all tells EVDO for data. I I, I don't know how that's possible uh does that does that sound like a possible scenario
1: no i don't think so uh, I suppose maybe a phone could technically support that, but I think you have to be on the same frequency uh i, I but i don't i don't think the phones run in separate frequencies um or separate i, I don't know it just, i, I kind of don't think so
0: it, yeah i don't think so either I, i'm not a hundred percent sure on that one, but it just it doesn 't seem quite right um uh, I I don't know. Maybe it's just when you're you're roaming on the Altel network and you uh, no because you've called it before and you get the Altel system messages, not Sprint. So I I don't know. Not really sure what's going on with that one, but nonetheless, I mean, I guess you're you know if you get EVDO roaming on Altel, that's that's great news and uh, you know whatever. So uh, that that's great for clearing that up for us. We certainly appreciate that. And that'll do it for today. If you have any questions or comments, give us a call two zero six two zero three. Three seven three four, or send an email to questions at com, And we also love to get questions through that email address as well if you want to record it on your handset and send it in to us through that email address or on your computer as well. Of course, that works too. We'd love to hear them. We'll answer them and talk about them on the future shows. So Joey, thank you very much as always for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.